creating the content that's going to be unique and good for your audience. And if you can do that, then there's no stopping you with, with, with creating a podcast. Welcome to my podcast, Keep It Spicy. My name is Shuba, and I will be your host for today's episode. Interested in hearing about love, life, travel, and career? I will be exploring all those topics and more. If you want to tag along for something fun, entertaining, exciting, and of course, spicy, hit that follow button so you can stay up to date with more episodes. Now, let's get into it. This is Keep It Spicy. Today's guest is Mackenzie Horner. Mackenzie is a jack-of-all-trades theater maker, and his career certainly shows that from performing in musicals, to devising plays, and to hosting a podcast. His past experience includes working as a sales manager, camp director, board game enthusiast, just to name a few. Mackenzie, along with Autumn Smith, are well into their third season of co-hosting the podcast, Before the Downbeat, a musical podcast, which can be found on all podcast streaming platforms. So, Mac, thank you so much for joining me. And, you know, I'm so excited to get into this conversation with you. Thanks for joining us on Keep It Spicy. Thank you for having me. Of course. So I'm going to start by asking you to tell me and our listeners like a little bit about yourself. So what's your story? What have you been up to in the past couple of years, personally or professionally, whatever you want to share? Basically, what's the spice to your life? A spice to my life. Let's see. In the last couple of years, I mean, I graduated from York. I then spent about half a year after that doing odd jobs, like working as a camp director. Uh, then I went off and worked at Chapters, doing the night shift, restocking the Christmas shelves. Uh, then I ended up working at Medieval Times for the last three years uh, as their education and recreation sales manager. And then that was going along right up until COVID. Fortune COVID kind of put a little stopper on that. But literally right up until COVID, I was doing Medieval Times stuff, working with the horses, selling the shows, taking the queens and knights out on the road with me to visit places. Um So I was doing that, uh, and then, what else has it been up to in the last few years? Well, I mean, uh, my friend Autumn and I, we started a podcast, uh, and that is a podcast all about musicals, where each week we dive into a new musical. Our rule is that the musical has to be at least 10 years old to be talked about, uh, because that allows us to answer our big final question, which is, does this musical still have a place today, and should it be revived? We started in September. Yeah, 2019. Well, we were in the works for almost two years getting uh, trying to get the podcast started because originally it was going to be a whole different podcast that was going to be produced by another theater company in Barrie that was going to be focused around interviewing Canadian artists. And then that changed into let's talk about musicals. And then the theater company uh, uh, wasn't fully in, uh, like, uh, into the concept of a podcast because they obviously wanted to make sure they monetize and it's a business. So like, well, we're not fully into the idea, but Autumn and I both love the idea. So we went, okay, well, we should do this. So yeah, that was, that was almost two years in the making. So we'll get more into the process of making the podcast later. That's kind of been the other big thing that I've been up to. I mean, I also moved to Toronto over the last year. Last June, I bought a condo with my sister. We invested together. So now I'm living in Toronto, but before that I was go training every day, four hours. 
uh, two hours there, two hours back to my home in Barrie. Did that. So, yeah, that's kind of been what I've been up to the last few years. It was Go Training, Medieval Times, and then a podcast kind of cropped up in the last year or so. It's kind of me in a nutshell. Folks, listeners, this is what happens when you work hard. Like, mm-hmm. your dreams can come true. Mm-hmm. Like, you mm-hmm. will you know, birth the ideas that you have. Like, I love Mm -hmm. this story, Mac. Like, this is Mm -hmm. so, like, this is, like, inspiring me. Um, (laughs) So I love this. And another thing I wanted to ask you before we kind of Mm -hmm. get more into it, just to, like, you know, break the ice a little bit with our audience. What is one thing about yourself that people might be surprised to learn? And this is something that we couldn't have necessarily been able to, like, search up about you on the Internet. Oh, that's tough. I mean... I mean, I am surprisingly easy to find on the internet. I've Googled myself and I've, my, everything's popped up really quickly. Um, let's see. Something that you wouldn't know about me right away is I used to take hip hop classes when I was a child. My parents thought that I would help modernize me and teach me dance. So it wasn't ballet or tap. No, they put me in hip hop class for a few years. So oh yeah, God. I was there. I was awful at it. I was downright terrible. But I did it. I did it. Yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> I would have never known. <laughs> Thankfully, they put me in musical theater class instead, and that worked out much better. Thank you for sharing that very secret information. Now the whole world knows it. Um, so I want to talk to you a little bit about like your venture into the podcasting world. You mentioned like you have your own podcast um, yeah. before the Downbeat, a musical podcast. So I want I know that you have this like amazing background of theater mm-hmm. and like yeah. the arts, like you just mentioned. You're also like a camp director, or sales manager. You've done it all. But mm-hmm. I was curious to know how and why you started your podcast um and you just congratulations on like making it into season three um so can you tell our listeners a little bit about um like how you met your co-host like autumn smith Mm -hmm. um and i know that you kind of you did touch upon it loosely that you know it was two years in the making but like what what made you folks finally go you know what we're going to start this. We're going to run this. We're going to actually have it out for people to listen to. And we're going to be yeah. consistent with it. Yeah. So, um, so basically, yeah, it was two years in the making. So it all actually all started when uh, our caddy from Takus Free Theater and I went to the uh, National Canadian Ballet here in Toronto. And at intermission, I was commenting. I forget what ballet was. It was one of the random ballets. It was one of the main ones. It was another one. But either way, I was commenting on how the dances were reminding me of the ballets that show up in Oklahoma. And our caddy was commenting, oh, well, if you are making all these great connections between different arts and you can track history like that, I'm sure there's some, like, that's a bigger topic. We should find a project for you that kind of highlights that. So that's kind of where that started. And then it morphed into interviewing artists. And then that kind of fell through. But Autumn and I, we had known each other since I was in third year university at York. Uh, she was an MFA student getting her master's in directing, and I was part of the assistant director's program. So her and I got paired on a project called uh, Tales from Ovid, which is like a retelling of a bunch of Greek uh, myths. Uh, so her and I worked on that project together. Really, we kind of forged our friendship through the fact that we had the uh, TA strike happen that spring. And that was basically a month off of that. But Autumn, um, God bless her, she braved, crossed the picket line every day, showed up, and we did rehearsals from 10 to 6 all throughout the entire strike that lasted a little over a month. So by the time the strike ended, we actually had a full-on production. But Autumn and I 
worked on that together. We found, we found a great collaboration so that she invited me back to AD on a few other projects like her production of Twelfth Night. She literally called me while I was walking out of my psych class saying, are you free this afternoon? I need you to come in and like AD another production with me. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll come in and do that. So her and I did that. And then we've just become, become friends ever since. And then it was one day I was out to dinner with her and I was thinking, oh, well, I need somebody to do this podcast with. I need someone who I'm going to bounce off of. And I was and I knew I wanted to go in a musical direction at this point. So I went, OK, well, I need somebody who knows who's going to know musicals like I do, who's going to be as worldly enough in the topic. That's going to be give me something to actually really talk with versus I mean, there's a lot of people who like musicals and can kind of give you a general feel of like, oh, I like that song. I like that song. But I needed someone who, like me, was going to be able to go toe for toe with me, deep dive into something. Uh, and I knew Autumn was my person for that. So I pitched her the idea, and I said, well, let's do this. And she said, yeah, sure, I, I like that idea. Well, let's go for it. This is a lot of musical theater podcasts out there, some really great ones. Uh, but some of the more some of the ones I was listening to, like, they would talk about Les Mis, for example, but then they would only talk about, like, a few songs. And it'd be, like, an hour-long episode. And I'd be like, well, hold on. Like, we didn't really even scratch the surface of what goes on in here. We only kind of briefly kind of got into it. So I really wanted to make sure we got an in-depth look so I, I kind of wrote out the format I wanted and then I was walking to the train go train one day when I all when the the title kind of just hit hit me and I texted Autumn right away I said okay I got an idea for the title before the downbeat what do you think she Autumn said I love it and then the other big thing was uh once we were decided we were, we were going to go for it uh the big thing was making the investment so buying the microphone my yeti blue mic here was uh what really kind of cemented that we were going to do this. It was investing that 300, 200, 300 bucks for the microphone and the mic pops and go in front of your mic. That really kind of said, okay, this isn't just theoretical anymore. We're actually investing in the equipment, which means we actually got to do this now. So basically, once we did that, Otto and I, before we did that, I kind of sat down and said, okay, we got to figure out what our commitment's going to be. Because that's a big thing. Like, are we doing this every week, once a month? What are we thinking? We kind of went back and forth, and then we ended up on a bi-monthly, I think is how you say it, bi-monthly episode. So that, so that means we have a, a week on where there's an episode coming, and the next week is a, a preview. So I'm setting up the following week. So that gives us a bit of buffer time, because both Autumn and I are busy, especially when, when we're both actually working. Because Autumn teaches at a number of colleges, as well as works with uh, local high schools uh, up in Muskoka. Is, uh, it's a lot of pressure, and I commend anybody who does a once-a-week thing, but Autumn and I both said, better to do it every other week, and then we buffer ourselves in with a nice preview time. And then I told Autumn, the first thing I want to do for our first episode, which is our most popular episode, is I want to do an intro to musicals episode. Because I had taken a musical theater class at York with the wonderful Marlies, um, and she, for her first lecture, did a musical theater intro breakdown, where basically you go through every song you're going to find in a musical and break them down so people can understand what these types of songs are because when you're going to talk about it later on instead of always saying well this is a, a i want song or this is a different type of soliloquy song unless you're a musical theater aficionado you're not going to know what those terms mean so it's a, I, I felt it was important to start the episodes with a really good strong intro episode it's going to set everything else up for us and lay the foundation so that's the only episode that's ever different in format and it was a really good kind of kickoff point for people to be organized and make sure we all knew what was going on. I then wrote out an entire two-season schedule, basically, of these are the episodes we're doing in this order. Obviously, the order can change and fluctuate. I know season two fluctuated quite a bit in which in which episodes went where. Uh, and so we did that. So we wrote out the schedule. Autumn agreed to the schedule. 
and then the other thing was setting up all the socials. That was a big thing, was building up a social media base. That was big. So that's where my marketing skills came in. So I was figuring out, you got to keep your audience engaged. So that's, so that's why for our off weeks, we do three clues and then the episode reveal. And then on the weeks where we do have an episode, it's going to be three fun facts and then the episode, which means we're continually engaging. There's always a flow of content, which means we're always going to remain top of mind because there's always going to be some posts showing up in people's Instagram, Facebook and Twitter feeds. So we've done a really great job of building that base up from there. I did it. I did invest a little bit of my own money in promoting some ads and that and that uh, ad promotion has allowed us to grow. And actually, we were listening to in over 16 countries. So that type of investment has paid off in the long run where where we're now. Actually, I can tell you how far we are. We are now officially in at we are listening, we're listening to in over 16 countries with a total of. 5,336 total listens with a total estimated audience of over 50 people that's that uh, that are subscribed to us so i love that congratulations yeah. that is thank amazing. you thank you yeah so so that's the type of so when we did that investment there and then we launched in september and basically well the commitment was once we launched was we were then going to just stay on track so leading up to that we recorded our first episode in June, start of June, at, at, at my parents' office and Barry in their boardroom on a Saturday afternoon. So we recorded West Side Story and Intro to Musicals. And then over the course of the summer, we then met up and basically backlogged, a, I want to say, two-thirds of the season. I messaged actually another podcast, another musical theater podcast, who also were incorporating clips into their podcasting. So I, so I messaged them on their Patreon saying, love your content. What program do you use to kind of get your clips spliced in together? So I messaged a few of the podcasts I, I donate to, like two, three bucks a month. It's very minimal. I can afford. But, you know, putting a little money towards them always helps. Uh, Adobe Audition proved to be the easiest system for me to use. So that was the system I ended up editing with. And then it was finding the best option for uploading. Because obviously you can go through each individual platform, Spotify, Apple, a- um, Anchor, Google Podcasts. But what I found was everybody kept talking on the other podcast I listened to was this program called Anchor. Which, if you don't know if you're going to just want to start a podcast, is actually really great. Because what it does is it disperses the podcast for you. I upload it into Anchor. Anchor then releases it when I release the episode when I schedule it to be released. And I don't have to worry about a thing. I get analytics back really easily. It's a great hub. Um, the only thing that's is a little sucky about Anchor for any of our non-American listeners out there is that Anchor does provide a uh, sponsorship option. However, it's only available in the States right now. So Anchor, if you're listening, please get it available outside of the States. Because unless you have a friend who lives in the States who, 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 who you will trust setting up a bank account with, uh, you can't really do their, their their sponsorship side of it, which is a really great side of the program that everybody talks about on the state side. That they say it's a great a- asset to their to them. But we haven't been able to get that yet here. But Anchor itself, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't choose anything else but Anchor because of how accessible and easy it is to use. So we use Anchor. We uploaded, uh, and then that was kind of it. Once we kind of got the ball rolling in it's a, in September of 2019, we haven't really stopped. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of. The podcast story, I guess, in a nutshell, 
I, I hope that kind of answered your question of how do you start a podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh, that answered like probably like all the other questions I had lined up for you. <laughs> you gave me like the full spiel. I love this. Thank you so much for like elaborating on all the little details, but I am going to ask like a bit more yeah. um, specific questions just like just for our beginners who like don't even know like how to start a podcast or like, you know, like from what it sounds like from your story, anyone can start a podcast, right? Anybody can. Anybody, anybody and their uncle can. That's why there's, I mean, there's a great joke in the TV show, um, The Good Place, where Maya Rudolph's character, the judge, shows up and, and she's discovered podcasts and she just goes, it's so great. Like, they just keep on coming. Like, I can just keep listening for, for, for eternity. They just don't stop. And that's what's nice about podcasts is anybody and everybody can start a podcast. The, 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 the trick is, is that you have to be committed to it. And, and basically, like, it's like, it's like creating a YouTube channel where you have to maintain consistency throughout if you want to maintain listenership. Like, I know I listen to podcasts that have been sporadic in their episode release. And that's kind of meant that uh, I'm not going to always tune into you because you're not consistent with me. What's great about a lot of these podcasts I listen to is that from day one I've listened to them, they have been very consistent. Like, there's been very few weeks, for example, where the Cinephiles has missed a week, but that's usually because they're busy people themselves and they just don't have the time in that particular week to get an episode up. But they post on their social, they're very upfront, being like, hey, we missed a week. Apologies, don't worry, we're coming back next week with this. You gotta make sure you're consistent in the production of it. 100%. I agree with you there. Like, it's all about, yeah, maintaining that consistent flow yeah. of episodes so that your yeah. audience is also like they're following along. They start to, they, you know, they can, I don't wanna say they can depend on you, but it's more just like, they yeah, do. they know, they know that, okay, something's yeah. gonna come out every week. And yeah. that also helps with your, like, um, your streams, your listens. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and I think that's a great analogy of how you yeah. related that to YouTube. So it's kind of like having yeah. a YouTube channel where you are creating content. You do have to be consistent with it, et cetera. Um, but, can I, is uploading a podcast to Spotify like uploading a YouTube video where I can just upload it onto YouTube? Uh, with Anchor, I, got, I literally actually have two episodes sitting right in the loading bay right now for me to write the descriptions up. Like, it's really easy to upload. Basically, once you're uploading, uh, you, obviously you have to create an account with Anchor or Spotify or wherever you have to upload to. You have to create an account with them, set it up, and then after that, you basically, there's an upload option where you upload and then you either can upload automatically or you can up, or you can schedule the release of that episode. I listen to my podcasts as a listener on my, because uh, I download them as an album onto my phone continuously if I'm walking or doing grocery shopping so I can hear how it's going to sound to everybody else because that's key oh. as, a, as a podcaster. So you can hear if there's like, oh, that it's really quiet here. I got to bring that volume back up or... Oh, that's a section that I that there, there's a reference there that I deleted elsewhere in the episode, and now that's not going to make any sense. So I got to go back in and delete that. And if you and if you're scheduling things ahead of time, you always can go back and re-upload the episode again. Because one wrong comment on a podcast can kill you entirely, uh, especially nowadays with people being more into I don't know I don't know the right word is cancel culture, but it's one of those things of if you say something that 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 isn't socially correct or something that people could take offense to. You could very easily kill the podcast right away. And it's important with the podcast, unless it's going to be a really particularly focused podcast, you want to make it as open to as many listeners as possible. So, like, for example, Autumn and I can get very political on our podcast. And we're both very political people, and we can relate a lot of things to politics. 
Um, but we have listeners, for example, like the States is one of our biggest listeners. It grew by over 600% over the past year. So it's our biggest growth audience. And we get listeners, like one of our biggest places of listening, I can tell you, is really strange. Like you wouldn't think this is our biggest listener base, but our biggest listener base is actually in Ohio. Ooh, love Ohio. Gotta love, I love Ohio. I, I, God bless Ohio. Thank you for listening <laughs> to us, Ohio. But like Georgia, Oregon, there's a lot of places that, 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 that maybe don't identify with, 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 with what I identify with politically. So you never want to be too heavy on one side of things unless you're really about a particular topic. But even then, I would say, don't become the echo chamber. A good podcast is one that's going to be able to appeal to all audiences. It's like the TV show uh, Veep that Julia Louis-Dreyfus did, where throughout the seven seasons... Nobody knew whether or not her party was Democrat or Republican. Both parties thought they were the other party and that the show was making fun of them. Like, that should be the goal of any good podcast is I should be able to listen to you and not feel like you're attacking me and my personal beliefs. Create that open, critical conversation. Like, Otto and I, we always just, we can disagree on many things. Like, one of our, one of our longest running disagreements was about the musical Rent. And we did a whole, it's our longest episode, it's a little over two hours of an episode where we went back and forth on this, on this episode and this musical, I, me not liking it, Autumn kind of liking it. And then we actually brought in a third person who was a big fan of the musical to give that full rounded uh, analysis of the show. And it was important because if it's just Autumn and I were both on the same topic, a lot of the time, that's going to get very echo chamber, very boring, very quickly. So I'd say a good podcast, you need to make sure you're walking the middle of the road. Okay, no, love that. That those are definitely like mm-hmm. things to keep in mind. Like again, yeah, you don't want to be too biased yes. with your words and mm-hmm. opinions. Not because yes. there's anything wrong with it, but no, it's just that when all. you're when you're catering to or when you're trying to cater to as many people as possible, you yes. want to be as inclusive as possible. So, mm-hmm. 100% agreed to that. And drawing back on it a little bit, so you mentioned that like you should always be listening to your mm-hmm. own work to see how you can optimize and improve, and then you yeah. upload it on Anchor or your host, which I guess like in our case is Anchor since we both use yep. Anchor. Yep, um, Anchor. Correct me if I'm wrong, but there are like other hosts that you can use like Podbean there's or like tons. there's a whole bunch of others. Yeah. And once again, it's finding what's best for you. I went with Anchor because that's the one I kept hearing. A lot of podcasters, mind you, a lot of my podcast people are down in the state, so I can see why they were big into it. Because um, I didn't discover about the non-sponsorship thing until I was already signed up with them and was already invested in their in anchor. their system. Yeah, anchor. Um, but I mean, once again, like you have you finding the best system for you is, is is part of the podcast discovery. I mean, there's tons of forums you can look up. So I mean, like choosing an upload site, choosing a microphone, that's all personal choice and the best thing is listen to other podcasts because a lot of times they'll say where they're uploading from if, 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 if they're if they're promoting it and then a lot of google forums will tell you a lot of other information that's really good to know that is true like i i did the same thing i when i was doing my research i went to you and i was like hey mac what do you use yeah. so anchor sponsor us <laughs> yeah i love anchor I, I mean if anchor was able to do sponsorships in canada i'd be there in a heartbeat i mean the nice thing is we both have an American friend, so I'm sure we could talk to him. And I'm sure. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, Mac, but it's like you need like a minimum of a thousand streams to actually start monetizing off of your podcast. Like if you have yeah. like 
500 or something like that's mm-hmm. not it's kind of like youtube again where you need like a thousand yeah. subscribers to kind of yeah. start so mm-hmm. similar to similar to that you need a thousand streams or like a thousand listener listens yeah. on yes. your podcast for you to start actually making money which again it's not like you make like a hundred dollars in one go it's also yeah. you, you need the the 1000 is the minimum <laughs> that's yes. the barrier yeah, and it end. takes time like it takes time to get up to that listenership like we made it up to a thousand i did a whole special facebook and instagram um post about making up to a thousand i think we hit a thousand in like a little over six to eight months after we started so it took it took a little bit of time but mind you we were like pumping hard and i was promoting our, our, our like us on social media really heavily for the first season in particular just to kind of really drive up listenership and social media growth which is which was big for me because once you kind of build that base, it's kind of like rolling a boulder, right? Once you start it rolling, it's going to pick up speed as it goes along, but you kind of got to get that thing moving first. And that's the tricky part, so. No, that's great. I think, like, in six to eight months, building a 1,000 is, like, amazing. Like, I think that's awesome. I'm not even at that level yet. You're going to get there. Don't worry. I mean, it's, just, it's about it's about producing a lot of content. Uh, over, like, over, like, Autumn and I, over that eight-month period, six to eight months, we were producing four things a month that were continually generating listenership, targeting, like, Denmark, Sweden, England, Canada, Moscow, Russia, Beijing, China, Sydney, Australia. Like, or some of the really fun ones. Like, you wouldn't think there'd be any people listening to musical theater there, but, like, Kenya. Oh, I love that. Taiwan, <laughs> Latvia, Bolivia, Chechnya, um, Chile. India, Switzerland, Malaysia. Uh, they're, they're all woke in musical and arts and theater. <laughs> exactly. exactly. But once again, it's that investment of time and energy into building that up. You, uh, that's the big thing. And if you're going to start a podcast, it's like any business. you got to be willing to invest your time and a little bit of money to kind of get the ball rolling. Because it's not going to start just by you saying, I'm going to do it. you got to invest in the equipment and the time to research and develop your content. So you're not just doing some random 30-minute show where it's like, hey, I want to talk about cheese. Great. What do you want to say about cheese? You're going to have to find a way to make yours unique to you. Like, like you, you have to find your niche. And then uploading it, obviously, at the best station you find that is working for you. And also the, the right sound system, the right editing software. It's all about finding what is best for you. And that takes a little bit of time and energy so that's why it can take up to two years to actually produce a podcast because it's not because unless you really know right away what you're going to talk about the content you're going to create you're it, you, unless you know all that detail right away you got to be able to be willing to let that seed grow a bit and fester and and, and germinate because it you got to got to make sure you do your due diligence before you invest time and money into something because if you're going to invest in something and then it's going to be like, oh, well, I'm sounding like every other podcast out there, that, that's, that may hurt you in the long run. I mean, I'm sure there are people going to listen to you, but it's going to make your job that much harder if you're going to try and break out somewhere. So, yeah, finding that niche. No, I agree. Even with, like, a brand, like, it, and it's not mm-hmm. just, like, a podcast brand. It's, like, mm-hmm. say you you have a clothing brand or, like, a e- any type of e-commerce brand. Like, you do want to mm-hmm. have something that makes you stand out. And yeah. speaking of, like, you know, how how crowded this market is, mm-hmm. would like, isn't the market too crowded to start a podcast at this point? And this is Shuba asking, like, not as a podcast creator, but, like, as an amateur looking to start a podcast. I'm coming no. to you back and I'm saying, hey, there's already so many out there, like... The market's so crowded. Like, is there a point of starting a podcast at this point? Yes. I would say, I, I because everybody's viewpoints are different. 
that's that, that's what's really nice. Like even if yes, you're going to be talking about uh, musicals or uh, something as uh, as big as politics. Each of us is going to have our own opinions on a subject. So just because you and I may do the same subject of a podcast, your views are definitely going to be different from my views, which means our voices and what's going to come out of that podcast are going to be entirely different. Once um, Tide created laundry detergent, nobody else is ever going to create laundry detergent. You can still create your own laundry detergent. You just got to find, and and your audience will find you. Once again, it's investing that time and energy into creating that base that's going to foster and grow your listenership. Got it. No, so don't mm-hmm. give up. Basically, bottom line is, yes, if you're looking to start that podcast, take this mm-hmm. time. Me and Max saying, do it. Just do it anyway. Do it. Do it. Do it. Invest the time. Make sure you do your research. And and, and, if, you, and if you find the uniqueness and, and your niche and something you're passionate about enough that you're going to want to keep coming back and researching and growing, then... It's gonna you're you're gonna have it in the long run because that's the big thing. Like if you're invested, like Autumn and I both love our podcasts. Like uh, we were talking recently about right before we started season three, Autumn was getting really busy with with her with her teacher's work, and we were and she was saying, "Well, do you want to like have a guest on for a few of the first episodes so we can keep on schedule?" And I said, "No." Like people who listen listen because of us as a pair that that's our that's our base like, re, like reading our, our our itunes reviews all the like all the comments are about us as a as a duo and and the fact that people like listening to us together so if i was to say okay yeah no problem like go take a i, I, I go take a bit of a hiatus and i'll do the first few episodes without you well that's not going to be great that's not going to uh, uh, people are going to notice the difference and probably going to comment and go well what's wrong with these episodes yeah basically it's about investing your time and energy creating the content that's going to be unique and good for your audience. And if you can do that, then there's no stopping you with, with, with creating a podcast. 100% agreed. Again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. this is my last question before we jump into the lightning round. So okay. when I, when I completed my first season back in like September, after we mm-hmm. just made our first like 20 weekly episodes, I took nice. a little bit of a break before jumping mm-hmm. onto season two. And yeah. I took a break because Honestly, I felt a little burnt out from like posting mm-hmm. every single week for 20 yeah. weeks. And yes. I wanted to take a step back and like also like yeah. brainstorm on the side about like, you know, how mm-hmm. I can make improvements before returning yes. for season two. Yes. Have you gone through burnout while recording? Because, again, you've, you've, you're doing it three seasons in. And so if you have gone through burnout, yes. how do you get past this burnout? Like, how do you get past that stage where you're like, well, I keep doing this, but I don't want to just get burnt out? Well, once again, that, I, I mean, just like you, I, 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 that's why Autumn and I have broken things up into seasons, is so I, then we can take a bit of a break. Like, we finished season two way, like, we finished season two at the beginning, I believe, of November, mid-November is when we, well, let me see, when did Rent come out? Rent came out on the, uh, on the 6th of November, and the promo for Into the Woods came out on the 27th and then into the woods came out this past Friday. So, we took we 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 we, we took we took a break between seasons cuz I think it's important just to do that and then also that allows us to generate an audience survey which that audiences can then give their feedback about the material and we can hear about that like our last survey that we did got over got got around 20 responses which is great. And they were from the Netherlands, from the US, from England, from all over, they, they, like we got we got these feedback the survey the, the survey feedback stuff 
and it was fantastic. So I absolutely recommend taking a break. Breaking things up into seasons will allow you to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Like when Anna and I are recording things, our goal is always how far are we till to the end of the season? Like, like if we got to plow through and record three times in a week because we got to get a bunch of episodes banked so we can get to the end of the season because then that allows Autumn time to breathe and takes pressure off her because um, she's got a family and, and, and work. Building that time up that allows me to not have to feel rushed. So if I do feel burnout, like, for example, we recorded Into the Woods and our third episode of the season way back in August, but I didn't start editing those episodes until November. And even then, like, there are weeks where I won't edit an episode because I'm just mentally not feeling it that week. But I've, once again, it's building that time, that, that buffer time for yourself so you can allow yourself, as you're building a season, to have a bit of a break. So you're not having to be always on the go. Like, I know Autumn and I, not this coming, but the following week, we're going to get jump right back into doing some more recording for season three. So we've had a nice kind of two, three week break between recording some episodes, which has been really nice because that allows me to edit in between that time, like like on a day where, where I, I'll commit to being like, hey, this week on Tuesday, Thursday and Friday, I'm going to sit at my desk and edit. And that's all I'm going to do, because once again, editing takes time. That's a big thing with podcasts is if you're going to edit something like my editing process, it's long. Like it's uh, uh, first off, I listen to the raw audio on its own and, may, and I make notes as I'm listening about like, OK, maybe we can cut here, cut there. And, and then I go back in and I do all my audio resetting on things like fixing the pitch, fixing the, the reverb, things like that. Um, and, and sometimes I can end up with almost an hour and a half of cut footage that can make a whole new episode of just deleted content. That just, for whatever reason, just didn't fit the flow, or we kind of went on a bit of a tangent. So I edit, and then, after that, then I go in and I add in all the uh, spliced content. So that's when, uh, in our our case, because it's a musical podcast, we add in songs and things like that that are going to underscore a certain situation or or emphasize a point. Then then I listen to the podcast, as I said, on my phone as I'm walking so I can hear the full episode. And then I'll go back in again if I need to fix anything else. Once again, that is that could be a day-long process for, like, two episodes. Just because of the amount of time it can take, and depending on how long your episodes are. Like, our episodes, like, our Camelot episode came in at just under four hours. Our initial episode, the raw the raw audio. And I got that episode cut down to, I think, just under two hours i don't mind sitting and listening to the, to that stuff because i enjoy hearing back that conversation but if it's something where if it was a topic that i was not really interested in to begin with and now i gotta sit and listen for four hours to to myself talk about something it's like oh well frig here we go like versus now where it's like i enjoy listening to autumn and i talk about the musical camelot so, hey, I don't mind listening to that and going back in and fixing and editing things like that. So that's why it's important that I invest in time and energy in a topic that, as a podcast, you're interested in yourself listening to. Because if you're going to do a topic you're not interested in listening to, then why should somebody else listen to you talk about a subject? Oh, my gosh, yeah. It's, it's like, call me cheesy, but, like, whenever I release an episode every Sunday, like, as soon as it's up in the morning, like, I'm the first, I know I'm my first because as soon as it's out yes. while I'm cooking breakfast I'm like playing in, in my like laptop or like my phone or whatever listening yes. to myself and listening to my finished product because yes. of all the reasons that you said it's like this is something that if you did your research and invested your time in it's something mm. that you are passionate about and you're like okay this is my baby 
I want yes. to hear it. So 100% agreed there. And like, yeah. And another reason, just before we head into the lightning round and switch, mm-hmm. switch a bit on the questions, I just wanted to point out to our listeners that Mac is somebody that like I went to when I wanted to create my podcast because I also was like, hey, I want to start a podcast, but I don't know what host to pick. And we did our research mm-hmm. too, but we just found yeah. that all the podcast hosting systems are like, uh, the hosts that we found all required money. And at the time, mm-hmm. my friend and I were, because of COVID, we were happily, actually unhappily unemployed. So we were like, yeah. we don't have this extra cash just like, you know, mm-hmm. give to SoundCloud. And yes. I went to Mac and because Mac is using Anchor, I started using Anchor. It's a free hosting mm-hmm. service aside from yeah. like the little, the little, you know, catch with the banking, the Long US banking that, we, yeah, that we talked about, the monetizing. Mm -hmm. And again, for like other things, like Mac is the person that I went to. So everybody like, I felt like Mac was the perfect person to talk, to talk to (laughs) you folks about this episode and help you you guys see why, you know, there's a lot of dedication that you put behind everything that you've done and behind your podcast, Mm -hmm. like just from Mm -hmm. how you, you listen to the raw video before actually editing. I don't even do that. Like I listen to it in spurts. But then I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to throw it all into the sound editing software and just listen to it while I go there. So mm-hmm. I think that's like amazing dedication. Like I totally like hats off to you, Mac. Thank you. Thank you. I know, I know, I know a lot of people won't do the listen, like listen before you edit thing. But for me, I just go, that is just such a big crucial part for me because it allows you to hear the flow of the conversation. Because if you're listening as you're editing, it can sometimes, you can sometimes can lose the bigger flow of the conversation. I mean, I'm sure you know this too, but if you're recording an episode, you're not going to remember everything you said on that episode. Mm-hmm. But if you can listen to your podcast on its own with the raw audio, you can hear a lot, and you can hear a lot of how that conversation is being formed, which then gives you a base for already how you can rebuild this mm-hmm. uh, thing. It, it, it's, it's basically almost like um, what they say about a filmmaking, where there are three versions of a film that get made. There's the version that gets written by that uh, as a script, which is like for me that's that is the raw audio. Then there is the one that is made on the set, which is like the one that is done in the editing bay, which is for me for like creating the the un, like the cut version that has nothing else in it yet. And then the last one is the one that is made in the film version, like uh, in film universe, in like uh, like in editing. So for me, that's when we start splicing in all the other extra footage and things like that. I'm going to boost up the podcast. Solid advice right there. Mm -hmm. Um, And now we're going to shift gears on the questions. It's time for the lightning round. Let's see how fast okay. I can lightning round this. <laughs> no, for no pressure. Okay. <laughs> Are you a morning person or night owl? I have become a night owl through COVID. <laughs> for profit or not profit? I, I guess a not for profit because that's normally what I work in. <laughs> what profession other than your own? I know you have many, but what mm-hmm. profession other than those would you like to attempt? I mean, I would love to be a teacher. Oh, that's. I I can totally see that. That's so I didn't expect that, but I can totally see that. I would totally go 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 and go and become a teacher, whether it's in high school or a post secondary setting. I would totally go into a teaching profession. Would you buy a business or start a business? Hmm. 
I guess I would start a business for now because I don't think because I, I, I don't because first of all I don't have enough money to actually buy somebody out. So it's much easier to start a business with the money I have. So I definitely go start a business. But if I, if I was like Walt Disney Company, then sure, buy a business anyway. <laughs> but you need the money in the bank to buy that. So I would definitely say start a business because that allows you to build everything from the ground up. Favorite social media app? Instagram. What food do you wish didn't exist? Ooh, tomatoes. Best advice you've ever received? Uh, so uh, the best advice I ever received was about the business of entertainment and theater. And that is, it's not about how talented um, how talented you are. It's who you know. As much as that's really sad, dark advice about a, about a business, it's proved to be more true than I like to admit. I've gotten, I've been able to connect and work with quite a few people just because I've been able to build a relationship with them and know them. And I mean, I mean, I mean, we go to who we know. We uh, built, working with someone is about trusting someone. So if you have a built-in trust relationship, that creates a good partnership. I, that's one of the reasons why I went to Autumn, like versus me posting it on Facebook, like who wants to do a musical theater podcast with me? Because I know that I have a lot of great friends who would love to do a podcast with me, and they have become guests on the podcast. But when I was looking for someone who I wanted to invest my time and energy with, but I need someone who I knew. So I would definitely say that is a piece of advice that, while sad, it is, it is a, it is, it is a piece of advice that has proved more accurate throughout time is, it's not how good you are, it's who you know. So that's why it's always important to network. I mean, hey, if it, no matter how sad or dark, if it's the best advice you've received and it works, it's the best mm-hmm. advice you've received. Mm-hmm. Um, on that note, what's the worst advice you've ever received? Uh, well, I mean, I did have a teacher tell me I was horrible at writing and that I shouldn't even pursue writing as, as any part of my career. So, I mean, that that was pretty bad advice. Prove them wrong. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gosh, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, that high school teacher was a bit of a curmudgeon. Yeah, I think that's probably the worst. I mean, the fact that it was in a parent-teacher conference with my parents and the teacher just went, yeah, Max shouldn't try going to university. He, like, his, his writing just isn't up to scratch. He shouldn't even try writing any more plays. His writing isn't that great. And I went, oh, well, that's a bit of a kick in the gut, isn't it? So, oh my gosh, well, yeah. that is that's not very yeah. You know what? Kudos to you for proving that teacher wrong. Yes, that's also like a mean thing to say. But anyways, we've moved past that. We've grown. Yeah. development mm-hmm. has happened. <laughs> yes, exactly. Whose podcast would you love to be? Um, a guest on next. I would love to be a guest on the Cinephiles. It's gonna happen. I've manifested it for you, Max. All right. I, All right. I see it. I already see it in my mind. The universe is just putting it together right now. I'm totally down for that. <laughs> my final question: If you could describe mm-hmm. yourself as a flavor, what would it be? My hair is is auburn, so I guess you could describe me as ginger. I mean, I guess I, I, I guess that's a I guess that's a flavor. Is ginger a flavor? Um, I don't know. Like, sure, we'll go with that. We'll go with ginger. I, I, we can go with that one. I mean, I mean, we can go with that one. I mean, I also can say minty. That's that's another one. I guess minty. Okay. Minty. We can go with ginger or minty. I don't know. Ooh, we'll go with ginger. <laughs> ginger slash minty. So thank you. That was lovely. And oh. now to wrap up this episode, you know, we wanted to send you folks all off with a quote. And since you're the special guest, Mac, I would love for you to do the honors. Absolutely, absolutely. So. The quote I have today is by Barbara Schur, and it is, you can learn new things at any time in your life if you're willing to be a beginner. If you actually learn to like being a beginner, the whole world opens up to you. 100%. That's our call to action, kids.
be a beginner. <laughs> be a beginner. Like, like, like once again, like, well, that's the nice thing about being a podcaster is you don't have to have a degree to be a podcaster. You can, you can be any walk of life and start a podcast. I'm mm-hmm. just going to throw in like one more word to have, which is also just a little bit of a sprinkle of passion. Yes. Oh, passion. That's a key. You need passion in your topic. Because once again, if you don't have passion for what you're talking about, why should anybody else listen to you? Like, right there. You know, are interested in learning even more about you, Mac, or, mm-hmm. you know, if they want to follow you or reach out mm-hmm. to you, how can they do that? Well, I mean, you can follow me uh, at any social media platform at Mackenzie Horner. Uh, let's look for the profile with the ginger hair. Most of my accounts are private, so if you're going to message me there, just or follow me there, just message me for saying, hey, listen, found you on the podcast, would love to connect with you, and I'll happily add you. Um, you can follow my podcast, Before the Downbeat, at all social media platforms, just at Before the Downbeat. Uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, we'd love for you, to, if you're going to listen, to participate in our weekly things like trying to guess the podcast or interacting with our fun facts. We always do Instagram stories where we have polls going on that you can chime in on. So that's always fun. Uh, and then you also can follow me at uh, my uh, other thing I do on the side, which is uh, marketing managing for Cup of Hemlock, where I host a number of programs on our YouTube series, The Cup, whether it's uh, theater reviews of certain plays that we've watched or doing a duet review with somebody just doing a, a one-on-one or we even do, or we even have uh, roundtables where we dive into a bigger subject as a group. So there's a lot of great content there too. So look up Cup of Hemlock on YouTube, uh, and you'll be able to find us there as well, and all the great content we've been generating there. This was absolutely great. Um, thank you so much, Mac. This was so helpful. Thank you for breaking oh. down this whole journey and world and question mark of podcasts. So thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate it so much. Anytime. Um, and again, congratulations on, you know, coming into season three of Before Thank the Downbeat. I wish you. you all the success and hope to hear from you soon that you're like, hey, we yes. started monetizing. I that That is the next big step. My parents keep asking when I will start monetizing things. So clearly it's <laughs> on everybody's mind is how can Mac monetize <laughs> this investment of time and energy. So there you go. Love Thank this. you, so Shuba, for having me today. That brings us to the end of this episode. I hope you folks enjoyed that. Join me next Sunday for another episode on Keep It Spicy. If you want to stay in the loop, follow me on Instagram at underscore Keep It Spicy and on Twitter at Keep It Spicy Pod for more related content and some pick-me-ups in the middle of your week. Like, comment, and share the content and podcast with friends and family. On that note, remember folks, Keep It Spicy, yours truly, XX.